Since we've been in here, I am so happy to be back with my family. Yes, yes, it's time, baby. Right there, who you're looking at with the glasses and the nice hair and those earbuds is the co-conspirator of this joint, my brother Money Nathan. Woo! What is going on? Happy New Year. Money. 2023. Here we go. Yes! Show 60. Ah! 60th show. It's crazy. Oh man, 60th show, man. We're gonna and Deb is trying to outpace us. That's right. I said her name. I said her name. Watch she out. is our other co-host. She is the researcher. She's the one who keeps the rudder. She's holding on to the rudder, make sure we're on the right direction. She is at a study of UAPs, the host of Deb's Data Dojo. What's up, Debs? Happy New Year. I hope everyone is resolved this year to have great resolutions. Dude, I, you know what? I, I want to tell Miss B, man, my resolution was not to drink on the show anymore. Uh, maybe um, after the show. Um, after yeah. the show, Miss hey, B. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So um, as, as everybody knows, uh, we've been talking about on Twitter, we've been wanting to expand the show, expand our aperture to include things like Paranormal, who we're hoping to have on Miss uh, Nicole Strickland. Uh, and Bigfoot, we've had on Matt Knapp, among other Bigfoot um, guests, and we have more booked. But I'll tell you what, uh, I wanted to book someone who was knowledgeable on cryptids, someone who had experience, someone who had heard a lot of stories uh, in addition to her own experiences. And uh, she is a content creator herself. So if you would, Money Nathan, come in here to educate, regulate, and dissertate. She's the princess of paranormal, the queen of cryptids, and the host of Crypto Normal Encounters. Miss B, put your hands together for Bettina Moss. Oh <laughs> Hilarious. Oh Can I get an amen for Bettina Moss? Hey, man. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes. Well, that was. That was, I like the intro. Nobody's ever introduced me like that before. I love that. <laughs> One and only. Thank you so much, Thank y'all for it having a, me. It is an honor to have you. Uh, we really do want to get educated. Uh, you could probably tell from just a little bit of banter that we've had that we really don't know anything. But um, uh, other, you know, we learn a lot from other uh, content creators. Um, and so, you know, we're just, we're just building our family uh, by the end of this episode, you'll be like, oh, wow, I am a member of CabFam. You are. Uh, but, <laughs> but one of the questions before I turn you over to the very capable hands of my brother, Money Nathan, the co-conspirator of this joint here, is um, so, you know, the cryptid family, you know, just seeing, you know, your, your social media and you interacting with other uh, investigators, content creators and, and the fam, you know, it's a beautiful thing to see that. Uh, and it becomes like a second fam. And what I'm curious about, uh, Miss B, is uh, the reaction of your first fam, you know, your, your, your actual uh, uh, nuclear family and friends, and how they react 
uh, when you tell them that you are, you know, an experiencer, an analyst of, of cryptids? You mean with other um, researchers or so, you mean like... Yeah, with your family who's... who. No, no, with your, your actual uh, family who are laypersons as it comes to the topic that you cover, okay. how do they react to this? Well, my parents, they never believed it. Um, and I don't know if to say that they didn't believe it or they were just too afraid to admit or believe that something like that was out there. Almost like um, the whole thing of Bigfoot and Dogman, they never seen it on that property. So it was almost kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And they felt like that, well, since they lived there in that house all those years from like 1985 to like 2019, they never saw anything. So therefore, they didn't see it. It didn't exist. And they basically kind of thought that since I'm seeing these things, I'm telling them about it. They just felt like, well, you like to watch all that stuff. You know how, you know, it is like being a Christian. Your parents are going to look at it. Most Christians may look at it like, well, you're just making, you know, your, your imagination is going wild, like you're researching this stuff. And so basically by you doing that, it's almost like you're conjuring it up or you're seeing something that's not really there. And they start to question your credibility or uh, your mental well-being. So <laughs> Your <laughs> sanity. Are you okay, Bettina? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> like tin full hat wearing. They think that's how they feel about it. And so it's just for, been for me one of those things that I don't like to uh, discuss it much at all unless it's like with people like this within the crypto community, other researchers, other eyewitnesses, but friends and family, coworkers and stuff like that. I kind of, I'll tell them a little bit, but for the most part, I kind of steer clear of it because most people don't understand it and don't believe it. So it's kind of a waste of time and I won't even waste my breath with yeah. that. And so... so so you you talked about the Christian's perspective. We just kind of teed it up for Money Nathan right there. Yeah, I mean, since you brought it up, I had to go there. So first of all, uh, thank you so much for being on the show with us and be willing to talk about this. I know that uh, in our community, uh, kind of cryptids isn't something that are talked about very often. And it, mm -hmm. it's interesting to me the kind of skepticism that our community may possess towards something like cryptids just as some of the cryptid community may have some skepticism towards the ufo uh, side of things but when it comes mm -hmm. to the faith uh, component uh has your interest in this has your experience with cryptids and interviewing people who've had experience with, with cryptids how has that impacted you personally from from your own faith perspective and i know that can be a very uh, personal response or question so you can tell me whatever you want to tell me but has it in has it enhanced that kind of journey for you or has, how has it changed? Um, it makes some of the things that may have been questionable or that I may have mulled over before in the Bible or things that you see, like as a Christian, you know, we got Christianity, but you also have like Judeo, um, Hebrew Judaism, and you got like Greek mythology and stuff like that and the ancient Egyptian all the ancient things that go into it when you look at that and then you tie it in with the bible um things that we kind of looked over before where it would talk about um i guess like for instance like the lion men of moab you know you're looking at that and we kind of just scroll past that and you don't think much about it or in genesis where it talks about that not only did the fallen angels come in and defile the animals but it, job said that even that was a joke in Genesis, it was also saying that some of the animals were also defiled. So it's like, well, why did the animals have to be, you know, why did some of those have to be wiped out? So you look at that and it's like, well, if you got 
um, an angel or fallen angel, and then the result of that coming in and procreating with human women, the result of that is a giant humans, then what do you think you're going to get when you have a fallen angel or whatever y'all want to call them, sky gods or whatever you want to call them? What do you think you're going to get when you take that and you go in with a wolf or an ape? You're going to get a giant animal of that same species. So it made me look at that. It made me look at Anubis. <clears throat> it made me look at Greek mythology when you got the Minotaur. Um, all these different creatures, goat man, we call it today, but then back in those times, thousands of years ago, they we called it a satyr. And then, and a lot of people don't realize, and I can't remember right now, but I think it's in the book of Isaiah where it actually mentions the satyr in there. So you put that together with, I think Isaiah, this Old Testament, you put that together with Greek mythology. These things are telling you, it's pretty much these people were seeing these things at those time periods. And that's just my thoughts on it. The book of Enoch goes in greater detail discussing these um these strange creatures and beings, chimeras that we call them today. Right. So no, I mean, you, it hasn't you, changed my thoughts on it. It just makes me look at the world around us and it makes some of the weird things that didn't make sense in the Bible on that level, on these strange creatures, Leviathan and other weird beings and entities or whatever you want to call them. It just makes it make more sense. The fact that we're still seeing these things today. Yeah, well, that integrative approach is really fascinating. And I think that a lot of modern people have really created a, a barrier, a wall between the texts of old that, that do speak about these things quite often. We've, we've decided that those are just uh, stories. They're imaginary. They're not real. And what, what's happening today is, is real. So we kind of exclude these uh, areas. We don't let them intermingle. And I think it's just interesting how this topic, and it sounds like for you on a personal level, has really uh, entwined those two things in a very intimate mm -hmm. way. I think that's I think that's really interesting. I appreciate you sharing that with us. But uh, I want to turn it over to Deb. I know she's got a question she wants to ask. Okay. Yeah. So, so I feel like this is um, along the same vein. In the UFO community, there's a lot of concern that religion will be like wiped out or knocked off its <laughs> pedestal Usurped. because of UFOs. But I feel like what you've done is shown that religion could potentially be amplified by the evidence of cryptids. What do you think about that? I think so, because if as a Christian, like I said, there's, you know, there are people who are not non-Christian who would say, well, why do you have to bring up the Bible? And that's just my personal belief. But, you know, to be honest with you, I don't need like the Bible for Christianity to prove cryptids. I mean, there's cultures all throughout the entire world that are not Christian that would be looked at, I guess, more secular or new age or, um, you know, different cultures that are talking about these things. you got the Native American cultures who talk about the redhead giants, which, you know, maybe that Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Then you've got, like, stories of giants, um, like the Nephilim, Genesis 6, where it talks about that. So if they're and then you have like so many different areas of things that's being discussed, so many things that's not really. But the book of Enoch goes even further in detail discussing the things in Genesis 6 4 that um, is not really brought up in detail. And it kind of makes you wonder why some of these extra biblical books were taken out. And I'm not saying that it all has to do with cryptids, but there's a lot of things in those books that a lot of people don't realize that, that it's in there. A lot of people were. Uh, <clears throat> worshiping these different deities or gods or if you just look at it and i might be completely wrong about this there were people who were worshiping bulls and stuff like that worshiping these different things and so when you look at it 
and you look at today, a lot of people, I put, I like to take what we do today, because I know I, like how the Bible said there's nothing new under the sun. So if there's nothing new under the sun, it means that the way things were back then, we're seeing a repeat of those things still today. Back then, at those times when people were giving um, offerings, they were giving offerings to different gods, different deities, different creatures, and some were even giving offerings to different animals. Well, I look at that and I take that the exact same way as when people go out and they do gifting as um, to Bigfoot and Dogman. They get gifts, they give them gifts, they give them food, and then in a lot of cases, you hear people talk about that these beings or entities or creatures, animals, whatever you want to call them, bring them things back too. But when you stop feeding them, when you stop doing all these different things, then it kind of can get ugly because they come to your house. So basically, I look at that like you're basically giving them offerings. I think that this stuff is like, it's it's nothing that's too confusing. There's so many different facets and areas of this for me that no like it only goes to prove some of the things, some of the stranger things in the Bible, as far as some of these creatures are concerned, that, you know, if you go to look at it, because there's, you know, have y'all heard of what they call the woo as it's related to cryptids? And that's the, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, have we heard of it in our community? Oh, yeah. So the paranormal, um, supernatural aspect, the cloaking, the mind speak, um, and when I say cloaking, I don't mean like you, know, you see like a chameleon um, camouflage and mess, you know, I guess kind of camouflage and blend in with the leaves and the trees around it or like an octopus that can blend in at the bottom of the ocean with the sand and whatever colored things around it. Now, there's that too. They can do that and they blend in very well. The other weird, strange aspect of it when I say cloaking that looks more like, if you've seen the movie Predator, if y'all yes. remember how that looked, they do that yes. too. I've seen that firsthand. So there's that aspect. A lot of people have talked about that. It's a lot of different things they do that other natural animals don't do. Um, it's just so different. And then the fact that they can open and close doors, come in people's homes, the fact that it's so many different things. They can completely disappear before your eyes or manifest in front of you. Their supernatural speed and strength, able to go from a standing point to just standing there to jumping 30, 45 feet straight up over a cliff. It's just strange. So there's a lot of different aspects. So it it's just only led to me believing even more and looking deeper into it. Because the book is not where there's uh, talk of these creatures in there. I was going to say, uh, Miss B, in that mo uh, Missing 411, The Hunted, that young lady in Ohio, uh, the, actually it's not a young lady, she was sort of a grandma age woman who was sitting in a tree stand and saw something that looked like Predator. And just the story alone scared the hell out of me. But um, I do have a couple <laughs> quick hitters before I get to my real question. So even though you would not be given to gifting Dogman, if you were going to gift a Dogman, Miss B, would you be bringing a, like a nice canned food out there? Would you be bringing a, a meaty moist? Would you be bringing a dry food? What type of a, 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 a gift would you bring Dogman? Uh, would you get a premium dog food? What are we looking at here? <laughs> a Subway um, BMT? I mean... You know, I would be... I can't see giving it anything at all because, like, I'm so, like, paranoid that I would fun. be afraid... Cause, uh, oh, because every time... It's coming the, back to Huntsville. <laughs> absolutely. 
because like I know where to go right now if I want to see Dogman tomorrow. Like if I want to see Dogman right now, I know where to go. Like they always, for whatever reason, will show up. Like they never, they never approach. But they stand off and watch from a distance. I don't care if I'm out there for an hour. So for me personally, I would not go and feed them because they already feel too comfortable with me already as it is. So no, I wouldn't feed them. Now there are some people who probably would. No, you got somebody out there in the comments you, right now. The question is, if you were going to feed them, would it be a, a wet food or a dry food? I mean, are you oh. concerned about their teeth, the dental I would condition? Say, you might. I would what? say dry food because I don't want to give them any meat. I don't want to give them any meat because <laughs> you don't want to get wound up. Mm -hmm, exactly. I, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> okay. Second of the quick hitter questions before I get to the real question is um, if, if, is there a cryptid sticker bumper sticker on Miss B's car? And if so, which cryptid is it? No stickers on my car at all. Oh, I don't do I don't do bumper stickers. No stickers. <laughs> you're, you're the one that's pulling the emblem off. So people are like, what kind of car is that, man? It's really I, cool. Tinted windows. What is it? Absolutely. I don't do but I mean, if I did, I would have a dog man sticker on there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah have a, I definitely have a dog. I mean, because I've got dog man paraphernalia around here and stuff already. <laughs> like, so no, I don't do the bumper stickers. It's just I don't know. I guess I've kind of gotten superstitious. Like even like during my shows and stuff. Like sometimes, like I get creeped out just by this stuff. Because a lot of people who um, have dogman encounters and stuff like that, or even Bigfoot encounters. I guess some of the some of us have what do you call PTSD. I don't have that, <laughs> but I have had the nightmares that come with it. Oh, uh, you are a badass. Um, I am not. I'm not going to go for a third question because I know one of these two is going to go for it. Because we know we we got to go there. So let me pass it over to uh, the co-conspirator, my brother, Money Nathan. Thanks, TJ. Yeah, so uh, in our community uh, with UFOs, there are some kind of core, what we call observable characteristics of UFOs or UAPs. Uh, other than Dogman being a humanoid, you know, kind of cryptid, what are some other pretty common things that happen with Dogman encounters that, that you've heard of? Um, a lot of things that come along with dogman encounters, you will hear people often talk about, um, you'll hear them talk about being paced in the woods. Um, if you're out there and like you're walking and then all of a sudden as you're walking, you hear something that sounds bipedal walking right next to you. You stop to get a better listen. And when you stop, it stops. When you start walking again, they start back walking. Um, that's just one thing. Another thing that you'll hear with uh, a lot of these encounters is how people felt like it just snuck up on them out of nowhere. They never heard it show up. Um, and as large as these things are, you would think that you would have heard it walking. There's that aspect. Um, then you have the woods going completely silent. The woods going completely silent, like, you know, how they say, like when a predator is around, the woods will go silent. There's no wind blowing the trees, no birds chirping. Um, the smells that come from these creatures, you will a lot of time hear people talk about they smell like a wet dog, urine, uh, blood, uh, roadkill, just terrible, horrendous smells coming from them. Um, you hear people talking also about being zapped. <clears throat> you hear that more so about Bigfoot more so than Dogman. But you have that, then you have people talking about how the telepathic speaking, um, that does happen with Dogman and Bigfoot. Um, wow. I've heard a lot of those. 
And then you also hear reports a lot of the time about the amber eyes. They, they do have eye colors that are different colors, but the ones that's most reported is the amber colored eyes. Um, but there's different things with different ones. Um, other factors uh, uh, concern things is like the different looks. Most of the ones that are reported are often pitch black, blacker than black, that usually look more like the German Shepherd or Black Wolf type Anubis. You'll hear those reports, some with tails, some without tails. Um, upright, standing anywhere from, I'm going to say five to eight and a half, nine feet tall, somewhere in that arena. Most of the time you hear about five to eight, seven and a half, eight feet tall. But every now and then you'll hear the cases where there's like this Goliath dog, man. There's different types. <clears throat> there's different colors. There's different I like to, some people have a chart where they say that there's seven different types of dog man. I don't agree with the chart. And I, that's just my opinion. I could be completely wrong. I personally believe there's different breeds, um, the same way that there's different breeds of dogs. And the reason I say that is because I've seen ones, different snout lengths, different eye colors, different coat colors, um, different body styles. It's so many different facets. So those are the things you're going to hear a lot when it comes to dog man, as well as you'll hear people sometimes talk about being bluff charged. And that's basically where they will come and charge you. And then like at the last minute, turn and run back off into the woods in opposite direction. Wow. Yeah, I never heard that. And when you, and you said zapped yeah. earlier that you, that kind of, you mean like an electrical <laughs> discharge kind of feeling? Is that? No, it's the, what would you say? It's the infrasound when they, they, they're able to imply emotions upon you or inflict emotion, mm. a feeling on you that they want. Okay. Man of light, if you're still out there, you're, you've been zapped a few times and you've talked about this. If you hear that and you're still in the comments, speak on that. Also, I'll tell y'all, um, just, I've never been so-called, I've never been zapped or have been shot with infrasound. But a lot of the times what people um, say about that is that it comes with these intense headaches, feeling nauseous, feeling really ill. Um, sometimes they say that they can feel these vibrations or electric currents going through their bodies. Some people get ill for days. Some people vomit. Some people actually lose time during this when it happens to them. Some people actually go unconscious um, on the spot and then wake up and come to like right where they are. Um, so there's a lot of different things that go with this and it's all different uh, areas that concern like as far as uh, being zapped is concerned. I've never had that happen to me, but people get ill from this. And a yeah. lot of people are actually gotten really terrified after this has happened to them. Well, I could see why. It's a, it's a pretty disruptive experience, right? Oh, yeah. It's freaking me out right now that, that, that I knew about these these things that uh, Miss B is talking about, I knew that were relative to Bigfoot. Did not know they were the same for Dogman. So this is really surprising right now. I didn't know that they that they zap people with infrasound. Um, I didn't know that they pace as well. So that's interesting. Oh yeah, they pace you. And then another thing that a lot of people don't really talk about, like um, you know, Dogman, they. Bigfoot too, but like a lot of people don't realize it sometimes because people ask, well, why, why is it that you don't see them when you're out in the woods? Why do I, I've been out there hunting all my life and I've never seen a, you know, a dog man and while I'm out there, well, a lot of the times people don't realize, like I said before, they blend in so well 
they blend in so well to the point that a lot of times you can be standing right next to next to one. And not only that, I do believe that they can cloak, and I do believe in the woo, and I do think that they can go invisible at times. And then I also think that a lot of times they are in the trees. A lot of the times that I've taken video or pictures of them, they're in the trees or hiding behind trees. They're always um, just, I don't know why they do that, but I guess they don't want to be seen. But as long as they stay at a safe enough distance, um, you know, because it, it's just there's something to it. It's something more than what we're being told. And I think that the government knows about these creatures. I think that they do have some of these things in underground facilities. Um, people think if they bring in a body and that's going to um, prove it. And I just feel like that's not going to prove anything because it's never going to see the light of day. Not um, publicly like they want it to happen. It's not because they already know these things exist. Bigfoot too. I agree a hundred percent. I know I, I'm sorry, go ahead, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just going to say, like, the reason I feel like they, they do know about this is because, for one, like, you look at Bigfoot, like, New York State and Washington State, they actually have it in their laws that it's illegal to kill a Bigfoot. That's actually in their laws, so why would you put that in there if that's not something that's actually real? And then law enforcement and, uh, what do you call it, DNR, park rangers and stuff like that, they know about these things, too. They're told not to discuss it, and a lot of times people will get eyewitnesses or people who report these things are often told no you saw a bear right yeah or and some people don't know it yeah i was gonna say uh matt knapp the aforementioned uh, host of bigfoot crossroads sent me an ordinance from suwanee county florida that says that you may not harvest a skunk ape or swamp ape uh so it was pretty pretty explicit there uh, that's a county ordinance, but nonetheless, it means they know they're there, and they're telling you they know they're there. Um, I want to. We have to get to your encounter because that is a fascinating one. But before I do that, I have to turn it over to Debs. Okay. Yeah. All so right. you, we we mentioned before that you know there's some divide in the UFO community where they're not as if inclusive with cryptids. But I noticed when I listened to cryptid. Um, chats or um, when I listen to their podcast they often talk about entities that are called alien or we call them non-human intelligence often so to me everything's blended together and you hear a lot about cryptids actually interacting with each other and some of those symptoms you just described are pretty much like parallel to encounters people have with entities so do you feel like when, when mm -hmm. you are talking about cryptids there's more inclusion for that alien, quote, unquote, alien um, or non-human intelligence, and that maybe there's a reason for those parallels. Yes, um, <clears throat> I do think there's a parallel. I think there's a correlation. I think that that's why I don't think it's strange that a lot of people who have had sightings of Bigfoot or Dogman or any other cryptid have also had UFO sightings or um, or alien abductees or have the greys come in and have these nighttime visitations with them. Some people, a lot of us, also have paranormal activity in our homes. Entities and stuff like that coming in, different stuff, sleep paralysis and stuff like that going on. I do think there's a correlation uh, between that. I do know that in a lot of uh, Bigfoot and Dogman sightings, cryptid sightings, um, orbs, lights in the sky, UFOs have been reported over those same areas as well. 
And so there's even been cases where there were times when uh, UFOs have landed in the field, right, where dogmen Bigfoot activity is going on. So I do absolutely think that there's a correlation between that. And the similarities between what you were saying before, a lot of the people who have been abducted by aliens or have had the grays show up in their home um, sometimes talk about a, as far as the abductees, as far as aliens are concerned, I've heard people report like um, foul odor left behind after the fact, um, you know, feel of like a, some type of electrical buzz in the air. Sometimes they'll talk about a smell of sulfur in the air left behind. Um, so if you take that, then you've got that same thing when you've got um, paranormal activity in your homes of more of the um, dark or negative energies or negative entities or demons and stuff like that. A lot of times those same things will also be reported in the home as well as smells, rotting meat. And then you have different stuff like that that goes on that correlates with what you hear about it when it comes to Bigfoot and Dogman. And I'm not saying that, that that's the case. I don't think that I'm not sure, but I can't say that they're demonic or, or what they are. I do know that there's something about them that's just not like any other animal. But they do have a paranormal nature to them um, because they, they can do things that defy, uh, I guess, what we would call natural. And as well as the smells that come from them. You know, so that's why, like, you have the skunk ape. You hear stuff like that. Well, they smell terrible. They smell horrendous. Same thing with dogmen. There's different things that go with these things that, just like UFOs, aliens are able to appear and disappear at will. If you wake up during one of these abductions or sightings in your room, they can actually dissipate right before you. Same thing with Bigfoot and Dogman. Some people actually have, um, I don't know if that's what they would call the ethereal Dogman or Bigfoot, but there's people who actually have them to manifest in their homes as well. So it's a lot of correlation there, and I, I think it's all related some kind of way. I actually think that they can manifest you, however, whatever your research and whatever you're looking into, they can appear at any time. So that's my thoughts on that. You know, and being that you're regional, we could do some sort of a skunk ape outreach where we offer body wash, we can spritz with some cologne. We may be able to help them with this odor. I mean, I think it's the human thing to do. <laughs> we should consider it at least, okay? They actually oh, have a Sasquatch. They actually have a Sasquatch soap. Somebody was telling me about that not too long ago. I thought it was hilarious. I think they sell it at Walmart. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, these guys, both these guys, when I saw them in New York City, they both got African black soap for Christmas, and I will use nothing else but that. Man, that stuff, get it uh, from Ghana. It's just, uh, man, it's just, I hope you guys liked it. I never did ask you about it, but, yeah, that, that's what I use. And hilarious. also... We haven't shown you this yet, but, you know, at, at the end of this episode, uh, this is uh, wait, DJ Organic Skin Care Formula. And, yes, that is, yeah, and that is Nathan on the cover. <laughs> so uh, you will get one of these uh, <laughs> after the show. Oh, my God. I you're make hilarious. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I definitely like that. I, I need that. You will have some, ma'am. All right. Uh, we can't go any further without going into your encounter, Miss B. You know how important this is because it's going to open up other questions about origins and about uh, basically feelings. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that happen to a person when they have an encounter like this. And I know that you've had you've told this. I heard you tell it on um, with Brian on Sasquatch Odyssey. Uh, I, I would love to hear you tell it here for our audience. There's a lot of UFO people that are really not familiar, and um, we're going to get familiar. We're going to get educated here tonight. 
So go ahead, Miss <laughs> B, take it away. All right, so I've told my encounter several times um, from 2020 to now, but my encounter basically um, in North Alabama and during my encounter, um, it was hunting season 2013, November 2013 to be exact, and I was married at the time. My husband at that time, he would go hunting sometimes three or four days, and so when he'd go hunting, I would, instead of staying three or four days at the house by myself, me and my little dog, I'd pick her up. We'd leave and spend the weekend at my parents' house. They lived about 45 minutes away from us. So I'd spend the weekend over there, and I'm always extra. So, like, I always pack a whole bunch of stuff to take with me, and this is all important because basically it took me forever that night to kind of gather my stuff out of the car, and I'm glad it did. Um, but I'll get to that in a second. So we made it to the town that my parents lived in, 45 minutes away. And just to kind of build it up for you guys so you know what it looks like if you're turning off the main highway and you turn right into, make a right into their neighborhood, on the end of the neighborhood that they lived on, it was a cul-de-sac. So it ends up like in a dead end on that end of the neighborhood. But if you were to turn off that main road and made a left, you're going down into the neighborhood where the rest of the houses are. On the end where they lived, it was about five or six houses. And they had, um, they didn't have a garage, but they had a carport they had that they had built on like probably back in the 90s so two of their vehicles like are underneath this lattice carport and then there's an extended driveway over to the side and my dad's truck would always be parked over there so that left me to have to park on the street below like underneath this underneath this big oak tree on the sidewalk next to that so on that end of the cul-de-sac under that tree that I'm parked next to my headlights are facing straight ahead like from where I'm parked, I hadn't cut the car off yet, and the there's a like the whole area behind their backyard is the woods, and there's a trail that leads into the woods, and my headlights are you know pointing straight towards that trail. On this night, normally when I will get out right away, I'll get out and go around to the um, passenger side front seat, open the door, get out the stuff that I've got over there, and then go back to the back seat and get my suitcase out, but on this night, um, I don't know why, maybe because it was super dark out there. It was about 8 o'clock at night, but it was still dark because there were some street lights down there on that end of the neighborhood. On this night, I did not get out right away. I gathered um, my makeup box and other little things that I had on the floor on the passenger front seat and um, on the floor and in the front seat. I gathered those things from inside the car. Headlights are still on. I hadn't cut the car off yet. And... That was just so that I could spend the least amount of time on the outside of the car as possible because for whatever reason that night, I just, I don't know why. I never thought about that ever seeing a dog, man, but for whatever reason that night, I guess I just wasn't supposed to get out. Um, but I have been listening to dog man encounters and I've been listening for years and like, you know, stuff like that. So maybe somewhere in my subconscious, it was at the back of my mind or maybe it was just dark. Nobody else is outside, but whatever reason, I gathered my stuff, and as I looked up after a few minutes gathering everything I needed from the passenger seat, I look up and I look straight ahead, and when I look straight ahead, I just remember thinking to myself, oh my God, I know that's not what I think it is. And so, you know, you think your mind is playing tricks on you, so I put the high beams on. When I put the high beams on what I saw, like, I couldn't believe it, like, my worst fears were confirmed, like, I'm looking at a dog man right now. Like, I can't believe this. 
So I got this whole feeling like I'm in shock and awe. And at the same time, I'm terrified too because I'm like, oh crap, there's nobody else outside right now. Number one, number two, like sometimes my automatic car doors would not lock. So I thought that this would be one of those times that it didn't lock. And if that thing walks over here, then maybe it's probably going to try to open the door. Number three, the size of it. And it's just, I couldn't believe it. So if you think about dog, man, the first thing that if I had to explain to somebody, if you were telling somebody who didn't know about dog, man, and they asked you, what does that look like? You're going to basically say, I saw a werewolf. Right. I'm looking at something that has its back to me. Before I put the high beams on it, the dog man already, it was it was never on all fours. It was on two feet to begin with. It had its back to me. It's pitch black on that end of the um, neighborhood. So it's got its back to me. And I think what happened was is that usually since that's a cul-de-sac and on that end of the road, there's only four or five houses down there. I think that they watch the houses and they know who's coming and going, what time to come out and be roaming around and who's coming out and who's not. I think I caught that thing off guard that night. And I'm going to go straight into why, why I think I saw that and what happened. I think I caught it off guard and I think it had just came out from where it was getting ready. I think it was in this tree that it was standing in front of. Hmm. I seen it full body head to toe. I think it had just came out of that tree. I think when I pulled up to that curve, I think what happened was that this thing paused and just stood there and felt like if I stand still long enough, they'll cut the car in a minute and this person won't see me. But I put the high beams on it. When I put the high beams on this dog, man, it turned around to face me. Now, when y'all look at a regular, if you put your high beams on a dog or any other animal, coyote or something like that, it might look back and look at the car. It doesn't have like, maybe some dogs do, but for the most part, it doesn't have the wherewithal of the knowledge um, to know, to look straight into the windshield, yeah. straight into your eyes, in the driver's seat. It kept yeah. eye contact with me from eight to 10 seconds. This thing, at this point in time, like I had a tear rolling down my eye. And I'm going to explain it to you first, and I'll tell you what what thought went to my head. And I, to this day, I didn't write it down, so I don't remember if I said this out loud or if I thought it in my head. But I'll go ahead and say that part first. I, I can't remember if I said it out loud or if I thought it in my head, but I do remember what 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 was said by me was, oh my God, please don't let that thing walk over here. This will be the time that this thing opens the door. The door won't lock. And the next thing I heard in my head was, oh, it's just you. No big deal. And just as casually as you want to, for those out there listening right now, I'm going to give you all the description what this dog man looked like, but just as casual as, as if nothing ever happened, it turned its back. It didn't go on all fours. It didn't take off running or anything like that. It casually and continued on its original path where I think it was getting ready to go, which was down that trail further back into the woods um, before I captured it. But it, I think the reason it turned and looked was because I, I spotlighted it by putting the high beam. So it's like, let me see who this is and what they're doing. So I basically put it on blast. Now, what I'm looking at when it turns to face me, <clears throat> this is a jet black dog, man, about any, I'm going to say about eight and a half, nine feet tall. Um, it didn't have the German shepherd head um, with the elongated snout. It had a head more like a Rottweiler or a pit bull or, you know, some type of dog with that type of face, a mastiff, something like that. Short snout, 
It didn't have the pointy ears on top of his head. The ears were more cropped type ears. It didn't have the amber eyes. The eyes were like a really um, beautiful, like a turquoise blue, but luminescent, like glowing from within. Not the glowing amber eyes, but this was like a turquoise blue. It had the upper body of a bodybuilder. Um, this thing was massive. When I say upper body of a bodybuilder, I mean it had the pecs, it had the abs, it had the muscular arms, it had, um, what do you call it, the biceps, it had the muscular biceps, and it had the long uh, lower arm. It had the hot style legs, tapered waist. So I'm looking at all this. So that, once this incident happens and it said, oh, it's just you, no big deal. It let, I think B. it was letting me know it wasn't a threat and it just walked away. Miss B, before you get too far away from that, because I find that very fascinating. Do, do, do you, does that indicate to you, and by the way, coin, uh, is it coin? 777 has a good question. There's, there's some questions in there, Jules, and we'll try to get to those. Do, do you feel like you have a connection with this creature? Has a connection with you? You have a connection with it? Um, no, I think, because that's not the first, that's just the first one I saw. I saw multiple ones from that point all the way up to 2022. What I think is, is that, um, I think what that thing, when it said, oh, it was just you, no big deal. I didn't think about what that meant at the time until later on, I haven't interviewed more eyewitnesses and starting my own show and listen to more eyewitness accounts. I think what that possibly could have meant, my parents moved in that house in 1905. They didn't move out to 2019. So either this thing had been there all those years or it's been there long enough to know that th that I came over there every weekend. It saw me enough that it knew who I was. Oh, you're no threat. Oh, I'm not worried about you. So I think that it just knew who I was. And I think I just happened to know about dog men. Anybody else who lived on that other, on that same end of the, of the street, I think that it probably would have probably had the same reaction if one of them had came out too, because it knows who they are. They've been there for you. So I think that's just what happened. But I also think I've heard a lot of people say that they know your intent a lot of times. So no, I don't think that um, for whatever reason, they just allow me to see them. They come out and they just stay at a distance and I stay at a distance. I've captured them on camera multiple times. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to ask on no, that? No, I was just going to say, I remember hearing that a lot when I was single and I was dating. Is They'd just say, oh, it's just you when I would call. So it brings back <laughs> kind of traumatic memories for me. But uh, let me pass it over to Nathan. <laughs> oh, that was yeah, yeah. Some, hard, some hard times there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tough, tough times. Some oh, tough times. Um, so you, mm. you, your experience is amazing and you've talked to a lot of people who've had their experiences as well. You mentioned, um, that, that mind speak or telepathy is a, a fairly common, uh, trait and just talked about that in your uh, encounter. Have you heard of any other interesting messages given to people from these creatures? Like beyond just, you know, don't look over here or you're in a big deal, like anything more substantial. Um, there's been times like I, I know um I wish man of light was out there because he's he's got some of the best dog man pictures like that I've ever seen. And he's he goes out, he contacts them and they actually I mean he talks to them, he's actually recorded some audio for them. I can't even explain it, but I will say that there's been um some encounters where 
I know one guy, for instance, his name is uh, Scott Pace. He is a researcher. Um, he actually has his own um, group also on Facebook. But And I actually interviewed him on one of my shows. But Scott Pace actually talked about the fact while he was out in the field hunting, he was out there and he saw a dog man. And when he saw it, he got ready to raise his rifle. and Or when he got ready to raise it, it told him, put that gun, put it down, don't shoot or you're going to die. And I've heard this a couple of times from eyewitnesses talking about that. It let them know you're going to die. Um, there's times when they people have been told, whether it was Bigfoot or Dogman, don't take that picture. They know what phones are. They know what guns are. They know what cameras are. Um, there's been times when people have, and this is really strange to me, but the times when you hear people talk about Dogman actually having an evil grin, and they say it's not like when your dog actually um you know has a happy face they say it actually looks like it's grinning at them like an evil grin with intent in its eyes and there's times when people say well it looked like it was looking into my soul um there's times when people have said that it told them i'm going to get you there's different things that people are told at different times and it just i think depends on what is going on at that moment um, here's a man of light yeah. right there. There he goes. I walk within five feet, and they allow me to D-O-S-O. To do sure so. What, oh, to do so. Okay. And, you know, I'm going to say, the reason I think he's having success and you're not Miss B, he's bringing dog food. I guarantee, man. He's bringing a great... He actually... Yeah. Go to his channel. His channel is a man of light, but he's got... I mean, he shared some of the best... I can't... Greg, put the name of your group down there, too. Um, but Greg shares a lot of those pictures. He's got some of the most amazing pictures. Um, some of your people were asking, um, have I posted these pictures anywhere? Um, and I want to ask y'all, I don't know if you want me to put them on your page. I don't know if you have a group or where you want me to send them to. I mean, we can, if you share them with us, we, we could put them in our, our Twitter feed or, you know, share them with the community. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, y'all, if y'all want to see them, if you're not a part of my group, I, I, I can share them on there for you guys. My group is Crypto Normal Encounters with B Moss. Crypto Normal Encounters way, with B Moss. Everything will be in the show notes. Everything you give me, your Facebook, your YouTube, and anything else you want to share. Uh, you, every, everybody, you will be able to see all this in the show notes. So you can just click on it and go right to Miss B. That is a standard among cabs. So you will see that. Okay. All right, y'all have anything else that you want to add? I want to pass it to Deb, but she's she's next in the rotation. So, yeah. So one thing that was mentioned earlier, and I noticed this has also happened with Bigfoot, is that these cryptids have like regions that they're like attached to that they want to stay in. Like they're it's like their territory. Um, could you speak more on that for people? Like it, we we would call that in the UFO community, they call that hot spots <laughs> so is it the same with cryptids yes um i do know that the southeast is a hot spot they do have you hear um a lot of bigfoot activity like in, some people say they think bigfoot activity is like a lot in the pacific northwest but that's not just only the case i know that um the southeast and then there's certain areas also like michigan as well michigan Y'all heard of the Michigan dog man, Mich Michigan, uh, Wisconsin. I think that's where the beast of Bray Road was. Linda Godfrey covered that. Um, 
than the South, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Louisiana, Florida, um, Mississippi. These are all hot spots. Kentucky, so I can't remember if I said that or not, but they're very, very hot spots. We're highly, heavily wooded areas. Um, a lot of times there's water sources, rivers, creeks, um, plenty of deer. And so there's a lot going on with that. They have a lot of tree cover. There's a lot of cave systems and stuff like around Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama. And then in Florida, Mississippi, you got swamps, Louisiana, the swamps and stuff like that. There, these are these are prime areas for Dogman and Bigfoot to be. So yeah, they there are areas. Anytime you've got a huge water source and plenty of food for them to eat, they're gonna be there. It's also those are gonna be your hot spots. Low property taxes, um, lots of fast food, <laughs> fast food restaurants. So I mean, there's a lot of attractive Dogman can eat pretty cheap around here. I would say. So mm -hmm. the, old, the cold and the salted roads up there in Cleveland, they don't want that so much. Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, one of the folks put on there, let me see if I can find this question from, they. oh, it's from it, Coin777. I think the dog man or werewolf Bima saw was a neighbor of her parents that just went through metamorphosis. Went so, through metamorphosis. How do you feel about, I mean, we're getting into skinwalker territory when we start to talk about that, but there may be other brands mm -hmm. of metamorphosis. What's your feeling about that, Miss B, about transformation? Um, <clears throat> so we're talking about werewolves and... Or dogmen. Well, if he's talking about metamorphosis, that would be a werewolf. That's, That's werewolf. changing from a human... Yeah, it's like because dogman is supposed to be something that they say is in that form and stays that way all the time. Werewolves, that is like from Hollywood, where there's it's not just Hollywood. I'm gonna go into like different aspects of it, but where you hear about different um, these creatures or humans having the ability, whether through a, in Hollywood they say through a bite or through bloodline and stuff like that, being able to transform or shape shift into um a wolf or a werewolf what we call a werewolf then you have another aspect of that metamorphosis uh taking place through um different blood rituals or whatever different um cults and stuff like that whether it be satanism or shamans and stuff like that different people who do different rituals in order to be able to shape shift into different creatures um so there's that aspect of it um I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I have heard uh, encounters and stories of people actually talking about that they know people who have actually shapeshifted or who have actually claimed to have seen people who have shapeshifted. That is a very popular thing that's discussed in the um, African and Native American cultures. I do know that. So, but um, to speak on his on that comment, though, I don't think that that was the case. I don't think it was a neighbor um, who had uh, a metamorphosis there was too many out there that i've seen over the years after that on a consistent enough basis that if that's the case then it'd be a whole neighborhood or a whole clan of people it's not only that some of these times when i saw these dog man on a few occasions they had babies with them or juveniles with them those are also on some of these pictures so Ooh. i just think that there's different things going on with that yeah they have offspring too I was just going to say, though, if there is an equivalent of bear spray for dogmen, you may invest in that for your parents for like a birthday or Christmas 
you know, a dog just in case they come out of the house, you know, they're taking the trash out to the road. And then next thing you know, uh, the guy who uh, thought he was your friend shows up. You know, you want your parents to be protected. They moved out of that house in 2019. There you go. But they never did. They never did believe it. I showed them pictures and stuff like that. And they tried to rationalize it. And they came up with some of the craziest um, excuses that they could ever come (laughs) up with to the point. I mean, I showed them one of the one I called Anubis or Black German Shepherd Dog Man. And at first, Mama, you know, was trying to say, well, that's not. She was like, oh, wait, hold on. Wait a minute now. What is that? And then she sat there and tried to rationalize it. She said, well, maybe you know, it was two coyotes and one of them, you know, stood up. Like, and then I said, Mama, you sound ridiculous right now. But she tried to rationalize it like that and say that's why it was so high up in the tree. I said, you're not even making sense right now. But she knew enough to think it was strange enough that she tried to rationalize and it didn't and it didn't work. It's a really difficult topic. And by the way, ne- uh, if you want to tune in next weekend, Miss B, we're going to have the the uh, what do we call it? the Navajo Rangers? If you saw them on Unsolved Mysteries, or you saw them on History Channel, or you saw them on um, they've been on a few different oh uh, Skinwalker Ranch they were on. Uh, Jonathan Dover and Stan Milbrook are going to be on with us to talk about. Uh, dealing with uh, with uh, skinwalkers and Bigfoot and other, they were the paranormal, <laughs> the two paranormal uh, investigators for a gigantic swath of uh, the Navajo Nation out there in Arizona that uh, crossed into uh, New Mexico and Nevada. So I'm like, wow, these two guys. So they're going to be on next week and talk about that stuff. I would definitely love to hear that. Um, you said now they're going to be talking about skinwalkers. Yeah, I mean, I want to focus a little bit on them because a lot of people just want to hear them talk about the weird. But I thought um, that the fact that the two of these guys were selected among the entire cadre of Navajo Rangers showed an incredible amount of courage. As you've spoken about before, some of these entities followed them home, became an issue for their family. Uh, one of them, a skinwalker, was uh, running next to Stan's car at 45 miles an hour, terrified him. Um, mm-hmm. So they experienced a lot, I think, on behalf of the Navajo Nation, and I really want to focus on that. But we will we'll get a little bit into the weird as well and have them talk. And if you have any questions, you feel free to shoot them to me, and I will ask them. So, Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Uh, let me pass it to uh, Monet Nathan or Debs. I don't know if I've cut somebody off. No, I, I've got a yeah, I've got a question. So I'm really interested in the kind of psychological, the connection to our conscious experience. And you mentioned as well that people often have dreams uh, around these encounters. Uh, can you describe some of the dreams or the themes that kind of come up in, in some of those experiences? Um, my experiences, as far as the dreams I've had each time like that I had dreams probably I guess over the years I've probably had about a total of three or four different dreams about dog man and for me um, even though the encounters or sightings that I had with these creatures even though my experiences were not scary in the dreams they were scary and I don't know why but they were scary in those um, usually them watching from a D like standing from a distance watching them knowing that they're there they're usually at night and always nine times out of ten in that exact same area on that trail where I had my first sighting. Um, Knowing that and hoping, like, because I think one of these dreams I had was one where it's like, well, if they see me, then they're going to come over here. And this was one of those nights before I knew about Dogman. 
um, in this dream. And I'm standing outside of my, you remember the houses back in the day, they had screen doors instead of storm doors like we had now. So my parents would latch that screen door. But now looking back on it, I didn't, I, I would pull up over there and they'd have that door locked. I never thought about anything back then. There's nothing to worry about until after I knew about Dog Man. So in one of these dreams, I'm standing there and there's Dog Man in the distance. They're waiting and then they start to approach and then I get terrified and I just wake up in a cold sweat. People have PTSD over some of these dreams. Some people who, like I said, have had terrifying experiences with them because there have been some people who have actually been attacked. There's been a few people who've actually been killed. So there's been some cover-ups with that. Um, then you have different agencies who come in and then have threatened some of these people So, and told them or threatened them or changed their bank account or changed all kind of stuff Um you know, told doctors and stuff like that at the hospitals and stuff like that to not discuss it. Um, there's a specific case, Cock County, Tennessee, last year. Two people in that same row, Cock County, Tennessee, were both killed under strange cir uh, circumstances, which they say was an unknown canine. Um, now, I will go into that with y'all another time. That's a whole other story in and of itself. But this, the situation around those killing 15 inch bite marks a bite mark like so large that it wraps around from the front of the hip right of the buttocks area and the upper thigh so many wounds on this woman's body that they lost count at the hospital the judge put the whole medical staff and every witness anybody who had anything to do with that case put them on a gag order they say dog wild dogs three big dogs killed this woman but if that's the case then why is it still an open case? The reason it's still an open case is because as long as it's an open case, they don't have to tell you anything about it. And it's, right. it's a lot of stuff that goes on with this. So um, there are dreams that people have because of it. I do think also when you've had a sighting or an encounter, some people talk about the fact that these creatures mark you, which means that you can, uh, I don't know if that, you believe in like werewolf movies and stuff like that. I don't know if imprinting is something, if that's a real thing. But these things do stick in your mind. You can't stop seeing them. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. So in some type of way, it's going to change you to a point. It changed the way I did stuff. It changed me from feeling comfortable enough to walk outside of their house on the weekends when I would go outside if I wanted to smoke. I wouldn't just go out there and sit and, on the sidewalk and smoke out there in the driveway anymore I, at night. And, and close the door behind me and like everybody else in the house or outside and just I didn't do that anymore after that like and even once I came over their house at night if they weren't outside I'd call inside the house and say hey can y'all come open the door so it changes the way people do things some people have actually decided after they've had their encounter out in the woods hunting there's some people who refuse to go hunting or camping or fishing out in the woods again because of this so it, it can be a very traumatic experience because depending on what kind of encounter you had. Now, Man of Light is an ex a complete different example because he will be one to tell you that none of these creatures will hurt you. I, I, we have talked about this plenty of times, but I just don't think that's the case. You have to go into the woods or in your surroundings. The same you're going out there and you're thinking about a wolf or any other predator. Because I don't, I think that they have personalities the same way people or any other animal does. Do you fear them? <clears throat> um. Yes, but the 
I'm going to put it like this. The ones on my parents' property, I have gone back in there in those woods at least five or six times with other people, and I've gone back there. So I will say, um, do I fear them? To a certain, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go back there by myself and okay. think that I'm uh, um, fear them because I do know that there are aggressive encounters. I do know that people have been killed. I do know that people have been attacked. Um, and I do know that they are eight and a half to nine feet tall. I mean, in some cases, regardless, they're just not, that's not something that you just say, I would be afraid of a bear. So yeah, I, I do fear them. I just can say that the ones that I've seen on that property, I they never given off a vibration of fear. I never felt terrified for my life. That first night was the first time I can say that. I, that time and one other time that I can actually say I um, and that first time was just because I couldn't believe I was actually seeing it. I was in shock and awe. And the second time, um, that I, second or third time that I saw one, I was actually this time out of the car in the backyard in the chain link fence. And if, because I didn't tell y'all before, if y'all just want to know how close was I to these that dog man on that night, mm -hmm. if I'd gotten out of the car and taken, because I'm not good at distance, so since and on and paced by where it was standing. So if I'd gotten out and taken about 60, anywhere between 50 to 60 feet, that's how close that dog man was that night. Um, and the other encounter, the other time that I was scared was just, I was in the backyard in the chain link fence and there was a dog man, like if I jumped over the back of the chain link fence, walked across the field about 20 or 30 steps, I would have been face to face with this one that was up in a tree. And this is a whole different one, not from that same night. It may have been, but I don't know. But there was two of them in that tree that day. And um, one of them I saw and one of them I didn't see. But I started taking pictures before I left the backyard because while I was back there letting my little dog play, run around, and something, I just felt in my mind, look over here to the left. And I turned and I looked and I saw something blacker than black, so black that it was way blacker than the shadows. It's like looking into the abyss. And so... I had to pick my little dog up, finally got her to come to me. And I, before I left the backyard, I'm walking towards the front of the fence, but I just had to take pictures because it was so black, I couldn't make out any facial features on it. So I took multiple pictures. And when I did, what I saw, because I looked at that picture before I left that backyard, I was like, uh-uh, I got to get out of here now. And I saw the, what the black thing was, it was a massive head. The head was so big. This probably sounds like I'm exaggerating, but the head on this thing was so big, the body had to have been anywhere between, I'm going to say 12 to 14 feet. I, and I know, that, I know that sounds ridiculous, but the head was way too big. Mm. It was way too big. I could see both eyes. I could see the nose. And this is another one with one of those short, stubby noses, um, cropped ears. And it was actually baring its teeth at me. It was actually snarling. I said, uh-uh. You scared? The other, at that moment, um, and I was scared also because I knew before I could actually make out the features of it when I first looked over there, I knew that that wasn't a shadow. It was way too black for that. Um, when I really got scared was when I got up to the front of that chain when I stopped to take pictures. And, you know, I felt I'm at a safe enough di distance now to where if anything happens, I can run to the front door and, get, like, go inside the house. So... I wasn't 
afraid, afraid until I looked at that picture before I left the backyard and I saw it and I saw it in real time snarling at me. So that's the only other time that I can say I was afraid. Mm. I'm going to tell you, man, especially if my dog was there, I'd be really scared. Um, I was out in the woods the other day in an extreme fog and it was so creepy. I'm like, I'm thinking the mystery machine's going to be like right over there. Uh, but let me let Deb get in there and then I'll ask a last question. Then we'll go with uh, Cabby goodbyes. Go ahead, Debs. Well, I, I had uh -huh. really wanted to learn more about the rainbow serpent because I know you're interested in that and I am as well. But I had to make a couple comments. One, I volunteer to babysit all cryptid babies, <laughs> just so you know, if you could just let them know. I'm one of the late UAPs on Twitter for babysitting right. cryptid services. Thank you. Yes, I, I will do that for any cryptids who want to like take a night off. But I also wanted to just kind of go back to you were going through a kind of a scary experience. I know it's not as fun as babysitting, but um, <laughs> I just I wanted to address that because, you know, within the cryptid community, I'm sure there's been conversations about how to kind of deter kind of stop some of the possible psychic attacks, uh, maybe even prevent some of the scary dreams. Um, what are what's some mm -hmm. advice you would give to someone who's not interested in inviting the phenomenon into their lives? I think that a person not interested, depending on what, it depends on where you're coming from with that. It depends on what you're involved in um, as far as not inviting certain things into your life. Um, if you're talking about on a cryptid standpoint, then uh, I like to look at it like this and not just cryptids, I guess the paranormal, supernatural, or looking into occult type um, subjects and topics. When you start looking into the abyss or when you start looking into the darkness, the darkness will start looking back at you. If you go into their home, and you're going back there um, doing whatever you're doing, whether it's for research purposes, whether you're going back there and you're getting, um, you know, evidence or like taking footprints, samples and stuff like that. You're going in their territory, in their territory, urinating back there. Where you, so if you go do all these things, you are possibly bringing these things back to your home. So don't be surprised. That's why a lot of people have Dogman or Bigfoot. Not always the case. Some of them just for whatever reason take a liking to some people and some people I think have actually habituated them and live in harmony with them. But you still have to have a certain level of respect for these creatures and understand that whether they are supernatural, whether they're Nephilim, whether they're flesh and blood creatures, you still need to understand that if you're going to go into their home, then you have also given them an open invitation and a welcome mat to come onto your property, to your home. And people need to take into consideration if they do that, you're opening yourself up to possibly having them to possibly come into your home because I do know a few people who they have gone into their home. Um, so the best thing to do is if you are one of the people who believe that you can go out and speak to these creatures because some people do believe that, then you need to go out there and tell them that you mean them no harm if that's what you do. Let them know you mean them no harm. Um, and when you go out there, do not bring anything that belongs to them back. Do not go into their dens. If you see a pup or what you think is a pup or some animal that looks a little, don't pick up their pup. Don't go do anything like that. Do not. I would even say um, if you are in an area where you see things like footprints or you see uh, strange structures or 
different markings on trees and stuff like that. Do not go over there and urinate on the tree because that's you marking territory. And yes. they might take that in an offensive type of way. Do not go out there and start feeding them or gifting them if you, you do not. Unless you, can, unless you intend to continue to do that. Because once you do that, then they're going to come like any other uh, wild animal, if you believe that they're a wild animal. They're going to come looking for that food, just like if it was a wild dog or like, you know, a stray dog. They're going to come looking for that. So you're welcome them to your property. If you don't want that, then don't do it. Um, so when you have when you go out, say a prayer, some people believe in burning sage and stuff like that. Me personally, I... People need to realize what you're doing, too, when you burn sage. And this is just my opinion. For those of you who want to do that, then that's your prerogative. But I feel that understand that when you burn sage, the belief system on that within the Native culture is that by burning sage, you're bringing in positive spirits that are within those herbs in order to get rid of negative spirits. And if that's the case and that's what you believe, then people don't realize that there's also another ritual that has to be done after burning that sage to get rid of those negative energies or entities, there's another ritual that has to be done to remove those other spirits too that you brought in in order to remove the bad ones. So you know, understand what I'm saying? You have to close that doorway. Yeah, sometimes you need the party guests to go home, you know? <laughs> I, I, wanna, I, I just want to say, it with all the Bigfoot content that I've consumed over the past four or five months, which is, I don't even know how long it's been, it's been an enormous amount. That is amazing advice that you've given, uh, Miss B. I've been on uh, one expedition in earnest, a couple that were just me and friends kind of out looking, but I went with the, with the Ocala Bigfoot folks, um, and they uh, did. we did that. We did that ceremony where we said, you know, we're here. We're not coming here uh, to invade your space. We're coming here with positivity. We just want to see your culture and experience it, but but we're not trying to invade on you in any way. Just something very positive and uplifting, and, and I will do that every time that I go in the woods. So I love the advice mm -hmm. that, that you gave to our audience. And I, as far as I'm coming home, Nathan has installed the Ring door alarm system on his house. So I feel like one thing that's going to help a guy like Nathan, you see Dogman, like Ring goes off, you see Dogman out there, Nathan, what's happening? Uh, I, I'm staying inside. I mean, that's yeah. my... Yeah. Just, you know, I have two dogs now in the house that they would probably lose it. I don't but that's a good question, too. I don't I mean, we didn't even talk about that, how other animals interact with dog man, if at all. Um, yeah. Well, coyotes, <laughs> coyotes have often been spotted with dog man a lot. I've heard that quite a bit. I don't know why that is. Um, I've heard stories of dog man um, and Bigfoot killing people's pets, but I've also heard uh, stories of them um, taking them in and taking a liking to them. Yeah, having pets. Or some people yep. like actually said their dog was out playing with them. So I guess it just depends. I think they probably just have different temperaments. Um, but so there's positive sides of it and there's negative sides. Um, but I do know that um, both of them do hunt. There have been people who have actually spotted them hunting while they're out hunting or people who've actually had them take what was it? Somebody, I've heard a few cases now where people are out deer hunting and then they go and after they know for a fact that they've shot the deer, they go out to go look for it and they can't find it anywhere. It's been like dragged off. They know where it fell and they knew. And they've actually had other people out there trying to help them look for that deer, the body, the carcass, and it's just gone. gone. Or it's in a tree. 
in some cases. Or it's an attorney. Several yeah. feet up. So it's a lot of stuff to it uh, when it comes to animals and stuff like that. There's cases where people are going out hunting or they're camping or fishing or whatever, and they've got their dog with them, and the dog refuses to go any further, or the dog senses it. And then they're wondering why their dog would want to come out. And then later on, there's the sighting of a Bigfoot or a dog man. They hunker down a lot of time when it comes to that. Terrified. I would say if you love your, you know, all of us here are dog owners that are on the show right now, pet owners. Do not ever send your dog out after a Bigfoot. Uh, Dogs will run. Sometimes it's that they're actually really aggressive. And sometimes it's just that they're not thinking and they run headlong into something. And uh, I mean, up where I come from in the Hudson Valley, right near Bear Mountain, there's a young man from New Jersey that was with a Boy Scout group and he saw a Bigfoot holding half, half a dog in one hand and a, a, a blanket of somebody from someone's uh, campsite in the other hand. So they do tor- tear dogs in half. Um, their hunting tactics or their ways of killing deer are extremely horrific graphic mm-hmm. to the extent that I don't want to talk about them on the show, but they're very mm-hmm. disturbing if you love animals. Um, so don't ever send your dog out, even if you think you have the biggest, baddest uh, mm-hmm. pit bull dog, do not send him out after a Bigfoot uh, if you love the dog, because it will probably, it will certainly end up in multiple pieces. Absolutely. Some bears have even been dragged out of their dens in hibernation. Um, there's oh, yeah. a lot of stories going on with that too. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. Um, and a lot of people don't realize when you see some of these deer carcasses and stuff like that, where the head is like turned all the way around. It's just, Legs it's crazy. Off. Legs ripped off, yeah. So, and I've heard a lot of the times where there's other predators that won't even touch the carcass. Um, when I guess in some of these strange cases where they say, like, some of the dogs and Bigfoot go in and just take certain organs out and then leave the rest of it, other animals, predatory animals, won't even touch it. So, it's something to it, too. it's weird. That is really weird, yeah. They eat the guts. So, they eat the guts. It's it's really mm-hmm. weird. We're gonna we're we're gonna bring it to a disgusting level now. Um, <laughs> what I would ask you um, uh, for my last question, uh, Miss B, in terms of encounters in the woods, uh, daytime, differences between you encounter a dogman, you encounter a Bigfoot. What do you see as the differences there? What do you mean? And daytime versus nighttime yeah, encounter? So, well, no. Let's let's just let's just say daytime where you can actually see. A lot of times hikers will come upon a bigfoot on the trail. A lot of times it means that they've penetrate. They're they're encountering a sentry, and they're penetrating the area where they're protecting the main family, the alpha, the mom, and the babies. And and if you just are heading down a trail, you may not know that you've come into that area. Uh, and they'll stop you, and that's usually when they'll stand their ground and they'll they'll eyeball you, and they might you know roar and make you pee on yourself, et cetera. Um, but mm-hmm. is there a difference, as you understand it, on how to handle yourself if you were to have a daytime encounter with a Bigfoot or a dogman? I think that if you have a day, well. I would handle, well, it depends on what's going on. It depends on if, how many people you've got with you. I think there's safety in numbers, but I do know that there's been time when there's been groups of people who've been attacked too, but I do think that um, 
I've heard a lot of people say that they know your intent. So if you're in a case where you are being blood charged or something like that, and the best to, thing to assume would be that they are trying to protect their territory. You're getting too close to a nest to their young. Then do not run because if it's a predatory animal, then you're, you're creating that predator-prey atmosphere at that point. Um, back up slowly. Um, I would say I don't know if it's a good thing to keep eye contact with it and not take your eyes off of it or to lower your eyes like they say, don't look into a dog's eyes or I don't know the best thing to do with that other than to either pray at that moment and start backing away slowly. Um, if you have other, if you have, have to, I would say if you've got a firearm or some type of weapon, don't use it unless you have to, unless you're being charged or attacked, because sometimes raising that gun or firearm can be taken as a form of aggression and they may, because they know what they are. And so if that's the case and you fire it at that thing and you miss then you are out of luck. You're SOL. You're out, yeah, so I, if I had to use it and it's right up on me, then I would do so, but let them know, you know, got to put your hands up and say, hey, I mean you no harm. If they do understand language or telep telepathy, if you got to pray, whatever you got to do, do that back out, back away slowly and do the best you can just to get out of there the best way you can. Um as far as a nighttime encounter, I would say don't go out unless you've got other people out there with you. If you're going to go out and you're going to be in the woods um, for any reason, especially if you're going deep uh, woods hiking or camping or anything like that, understand that a lot of times you're going to be out there and your cell phones are probably not going to have service. So it's best to have um, some kind of satellite phone, a locator, and let your family or friends or somebody know where you're going. Go and check in like if you're at a state or national park, go to like, uh, I guess, like the office area and let people know where you're going to be. And make yeah. sure that you do go out, whether you feel like these things know your intent or not, still go out with some kind of form of protection, firearm, knife, machete, whatever you need to go out there with just in case, because they are not the only things out there. You still got to deal with wolves, bears, and every other predator that's out there still too. And and in some cases, humans might even be out there to attack you. So that's what I would say about that. Just go out there with everything that you need. I would even take bear spray mm -hmm. or anything like that that you can take just in, in order to um, make yourself safe. Even an air horn, I think, would be good just for the noise if you need to. Yeah, so that's I my thoughts on that safety tip. No, that's a great idea. And I wanted to, relative to what you said about the firearm, I want to tell a quick story. There was a guy uh, camping near a river in Ohio, solo, and he drives himself off from the river and he goes back to camp and he sees something bent over, pulling off bark and looking like it's eating grubs. And he thinks it's a bear. So he's doing the hay bear, hay bear, you know, just trying to let it know, you know, that it's coming up so you don't, you know, startle it. Uh, but it, it can hear you, so he's doing the hay bear, and he pulls his firearm out, and what stands up is a is a female uh, Bigfoot that was picking those uh, those grub worms. So he has his weapon, so he's the tension is is very very high with his, and he has a handgun with a holster, and so he he slowly puts the weapon in his holster and feels the tension, the look on her face, everything just get very calm. She's now mm -hmm. looking at the yellow towel that's in his hand. He said the way that a woman is window shopping, like on a, a high street in England or Main Street somewhere, 
and she's looking at that yellow towel. So he's, you know, he's really nervous, but he very gently kind of like pitches the towel over to her, kind of like that, uh, over onto the log. And, um, and so she picks up the towel, and he starts backing away slowly, and he turns around, and when he turns around, the male Bigfoot was standing behind him, the alpha male, and he passed out uh, right there. And he's not the first person I heard that's fainted, but the point of the story was uh, when Miss Beeb mentioned about uh, don't point your firearm at him. You're not looking at the one that's in front of you. You don't see the other three that are there, and you probably mm-hmm. won't make it out of there if you do that. So, Absolutely. So uh, Absolutely. if anybody has any last questions, or we'll go with Cabby Goodbye. No, I, I, I no. Go ahead, Deb. I, I was just going to ask if you could just throw in some facts about the Rainbow Serpent, real quick. That's all. <laughs> Me? Yes, ma'am. I don't think I know about the Rainbow Serpent. But you talk about it. You just maybe don't use the same terminology. The Rainbow Serpent you... is the flying serpent, also known as uh, by some people, like a dragon that appears internationally okay. throughout history in multiple religions and faiths. Yeah. So I think like in the Native American culture, I know, and I can't remember if this is, um, I can't remember if it's Mayan and Aztec, but you know, you have where you've got Kukulkan that is brought up and one of them, is, I can't remember if that's the Aztec, Mayan, or the Mayan. Um, but then in the other one, you have Quetzalcoatl, and he, they are referred to as the flying serpent. And the way I look at that, and like I said before, there's no new thing under the sun. It's flying serpent. Okay, so you got a serpent. A serpent. Oh, let me go into that first. Let me slow down. Flying serpent, that's the dragon to me in my mind. And if you look at that, like biblically speaking, and I may be completely wrong. This is just my take on it when you say a flying serpent, we're automatically looking at that. I think what they were calling it was a plumed serpent. Plumed means feathers. But what if it didn't have feathers? If it was just flying and, you know, if you look at it like a dragon and then take into that, um, the Chinese culture cultures all over the world, they have their stories of dragons. And then you got med- medieval times like um, in, you know, ancient England, ancient Europe, whatever, where they have stories of dragons and then you got in the book of i can't remember book of job but leviathan is brought up leviathan i don't remember it being brought up anything about any wings or anything like that but it was more of like a water serpent like a water dragon i guess maybe something would breathe fire i have no idea but what i do think is that there is something to those two there are videos and stuff out there to this day where there are dragons flying seen flying around and then if you think about, like, you know, we look at dinosaurs a certain type of way, and they say, well, dinosaurs in the Bible, but what if they were in the Bible? People don't realize that dinosaurs, man did live alongside dinosaurs as well, but we were told that they didn't. There's several different cave drawings of people hunting dinosaurs. There's still, to this day, I think, in Africa, certain areas of Africa, I don't know if this is in the Congo or where, but they have something they're called, the, what do they call it, Michele Mbembe. It's like um, a raptor or some type of dinosaur that they say is still sighted over there, still now. Pterodactyl sightings still like North Carolina, Texas, Arizona, certain areas here in the United States. That's a flying serpent. These things are still here. 
Uh, there's a guy on Facebook, and I don't know if he's he's got a few videos on YouTube. His name is Rex Yappy, and I, he lives in, I can't remember if it's Guatemala or Guam. He lives in another country, and he actually says that there's pterodactyls that actually live within this volcano there where he lives at. He says that it's a major thing. Plenty of people have sighted them. There's sightings as far as, like, I know this is January right now, but there were sightings last year in North Carolina of um, pterodactyls. There's a lot of stuff that's still out there, thunderbirds. So when you look at these different things, I don't think that um, a lot of this stuff is so hard to believe because, for one, I would have thought that Bigfoot and Dogman werewolf you know would be something ridiculous or not so the way i look things now i think that there there's nothing that's beyond the realm of possibilities of what's out there i think that these things have always existed i think they're ancient in some cases i think they've been here before us or as long as we've been here i think that ancient cultures around the world whether that was in the Middle East or whether anywhere in the world, I think that people always lived alongside these things. It's just that today, society, these things are being covered up from us. And when there's archaeological digs and the Smithsonian comes in, they come and they take these bodies or they take these skeletal remains away and you never hear about them again. People don't realize that there's giants and stuff like that ever since the 17, 1800s right here in the United States hundreds of them like all across the United States and all across the world that were dug up and these skeletons some of them 14 15 16 feet tall but then when <laughs> they were shipped off to the Smithsonian you never heard about it again it's a lot of stuff that's still going on to this day there's still si sightings of giants still going on to this day too there's a lot of stuff that's out there that they remember and I can't remember what tsunami this was now I don't know if it was the one back in like 2002 or what but do y'all remember um at one point they were showing these um big huge sea serpents washing up on the beach it uh, looked like one of those it I had that long water. neck like one of those ancient um water um dinosaurs and I can't think of the name of those now but it had the long neck it had that did y'all ever see the movie the water horse you know the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, I've seen it. It's good. Okay, well, something like that, and that's not just been that was one incident, but there's multiple incidents where those type of things are washed up on the beaches. It's ancient sharks to this day that was supposed to have died out like millions of years ago that is still washing up right now. Y'all remember the megalodon a few years ago was something that was supposed to be extinct. Hey, yeah, that's why um, I don't go into the ocean for those reasons. Miss B, yeah, I just want to tell you, I'm a long-distance swimmer. I do wear a shark band around my wrist. You're making me think that I should buy one for the other wrist and both ankles. So, you know, <laughs> you you're kind to. of scaring me right now. I need to <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, it's a lot of stuff out there. There's, like, stuff they don't want you to know. That stuff is real. Julie Julie said plesiosaur. Yep, Julie, that's it. Like, that, something like that actually washed up on the beach. Matter of fact, when y'all y'all that's still out there watching this, when y'all get a chance, just go to YouTube and type in pterodactyl sightings. Type in dragon sightings because it's all kind of videos on that. In addition to a, flying humanoids and everything else. Yeah, I think I heard a pretty credible source for uh, a Thunderbird the other day that was gigantic. It was uh, uh, the individual would have been somebody you would have thought was... Uh, a very sober individual. I, I'm trying to remember which show that I heard it on because I listen to a lot of different shows. But 
but it is it is very eye opening. And you know, if if there's one thing that, that <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jules. If there's one thing that that you know we get from this is an, and what you've helped us do here tonight, um, be is that to open your mind, open your aperture, because you're a UFO person. Don't think that get in your mind that that's the only thing out there because it's not. Um, and, Absolutely. And, you know, that there is, you know, thousands, uh, you know, what they say since uh, in the last 50 years, 10,000 Bigfoot sightings. And then that's just reported sightings. There's probably an additional 10,000 of people who are like or more who will say, I'll never talk about this again because I'm traumatized. And a lot of those individuals have just mm -hmm. popped up on shows like VIX this year. Uh, mm -hmm. And not to mention uh, the, the dog man. So if, if you're a person who is uh, following B and you are a cryptid person, um, understand that, that the, the UFO phenomenon is quite real uh, mm -hmm. as well. So I think Absolutely. what you're helping us do is just to open our mind and open our aperture, Nathan, you know, relative to consciousness, there, there, there's, there's a lot out there and please don't think that, that we know it all. Cause we just don't. Absolutely. And you know, I have my slogan that I like to use a lot of time, make it make sense. It has, you need to make it make sense. Cause this is not brand new and just real quick. Cause I know y'all are getting short for time, but like, even with the whole UFO phenomenon, I might be reaching with this. Everything I throw out there, y'all, is just some of the stuff is theories, but I look at stuff. You got like the Indian or what do you call it? Like uh, the Hindu cultures and stuff like that who talk about the Brahmanas. You know, that goes back to ancient times. This UFOs, what they were calling those. You got um, different cultures, whatever, talking about the sky gods coming down, like Native American cultures talk about that. And then in some cases, and I don't know if y'all are familiar with that show, um, Ancient Aliens came on a few years ago. I don't know if that still comes on or not, but Ancient Aliens were trying to say, and they use the Bible to their advantage sometimes, and sometimes they use it to try to discredit, you know, just however, whatever their narrative was at the time, but they were saying that Ezekiel's will in the middle of the will was a UFO. So you look at different things like that, and then you have different times when they said that that cloud that was following them, it's up for debate. I mean, or, you know, just depending on how strong your faith is, there is certain things that we do know. They were calling them chariots. Was it Zechariah Sitchin or was it Eric Von Daniken that did Chariots of the Gods? Uh, Sounds like a Nathan what, question. Yeah, that was such a, but I can't remember. I can't remember. What, so basically, all I'm saying is that these things have been around for a long time. UFOs, and then even over in um, the Egyptian, like the caves and stuff, like the pyramids and stuff over there, they have actual um, hieroglyphs and drawings on those buildings with UFOs in it. So this stuff is not brand new. None of it is. Keep your minds open and understand it's all intertwined in some kind of way. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. <laughs> right, let's, amen. Go <laughs> let's go with Cabby goodbyes. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. So, B, thank you so much for joining us and, and sharing your experiences with us. Uh, as DJ pointed out, it's really important that we make space for each other and for the experiences that we have, uh, that we don't be too quick to judge another's experience. And it's very clear that you're a person that is, uh, you know, is willing to listen and willing to incorporate what people are saying and experiencing. 
and uh, that comes across very clearly. You've uh, been an excellent guest. Just, you know, you've got a lot of knowledge, and it's been great to hear uh, the things that you've had to share. And uh, if folks want to follow you, I've got a link to your channel in the description. And uh, and you know, we wish you all the best. You're just your show will continue to grow. I have no doubt. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And thank you all for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for showing up tonight, too. I appreciate all of you. That's not the final goodbye. That's only one cabbie goodbye. You get three. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes, that's it's not like the three final. wishes. Yes, it's that's true. right. <laughs> Go ahead, Debs. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. It's incredible to be reminded again that we're all in the same boat with the paranormal. I would love to talk to you further in the future. And I, again, appreciate so much that you came to talk to us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so that's Deb's Data Dojo. I promise you'll be you'll be hearing from Deb's about an appearance on her show. I can guarantee, as sure as the sun's coming up tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to thank everybody in the chat. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, Man of Light, uh, we'll, we'll get your stuff in there, brother. Um, Chanel, thank you. Uh, Channel Warhorse, Coin, all you guys, thank you so much for adding stuff to the chat. I'm sorry we couldn't get to you, but we, uh, as many questions as we would have liked to. Thank you, Jules, uh, Av. And, um, yeah, uh, be, it was an honor to have you on here. If, if you DM me your any of your particulars that you want in the show notes beyond what, what Nathan has, they will all be listed in there. So anybody that wants to connect with B and see some of these photos like I do, like this guy does, um, <laughs> then they will. those links will be in the show notes. And um, thank you again for edifying us. And uh, we look forward to uh, speaking with you again in the future. And uh, I'll connect with you so you will get your, um, your DJ skincare formula organic uh, with Nathan's photo on there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate it <laughs> yeah put those hands gonna... together for b moss <laughs> thank you yes. yeah, thank, thank you. you man for b moss for money nathan for deb's this is dj saying peace out one love we'll see you down the road and as always we're wondering what's up around the bend thanks guys